0: Jen and I'm Jen. Welcome to Marginalia Pod, where we treat reading as a sacred practice and find meaning and connections through our favorite books. Uh, I would like to begin by acknowledging the Gurungay and Daruk people, traditional custodians of the land, where I'm recording today and pay my respects to their elders past and present.
1: I'd also like to acknowledge Tunggata of Te Atara where I'm recording today.
0: Awesome.
1: Yeah so three bests this week. Obviously we've had new year. Happy new year! <laughs> um and i spent new year's day going on this 10k hike with my friends and it was just such a lovely day like it was warm it was sunny and we started at nine o'clock and so by the time we got to the river it was like lunchtime, and we all packed a little picnic lunch so we had that on the riverbank, and my friend meredith surprised us with little cans of like rose so we Aww. had that <laughs> so cute um yeah and then walked back The other way, you know, returned back to the car park And then it was like 3pm And it was just like such a lovely way to start the new year To like just walk in the sun and appreciate nature And spin it with good company And just, yeah, have a laugh And yeah, it was really lovely So that was nice And then I, you know, I was puppy sitting in the evening So I got to spend the the afternoon having a little snooze While a doggo ran around Which is always
0: good That is the best Rocket Yeah, Rocket Rocket the the dog. dog He was very
1: sweet Best media, so I've binged the Queen's Gambit. Oh, is it good? Yeah, I really enjoyed it, um, because I played a lot of chess competitively as a, a teenager. Did you really?
0: I did. The Not even a teenager. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah.
1: Goodness. I wasn't even a teenager. It was like I started playing when I was seven and I played through till I was fourteen and you know, so a lot of my life was spent at chess competitions on the weekend where you'd start at 6am on the Saturday, play until like 9pm, then come back on the Sunday and do it all again. And we oh did that gosh. loads. Um, I played representatively, so I represented my state at chess. And yeah, so I'm watching the show and it's just like so weird to see that part of my life that I haven't engaged mm. with on screen. So yeah, it's kind of made me want to get back into playing chess because it's been a while. Um, But it's also something that I've always said, like, people, when I tell them I play chess, people be like, oh, isn't it really boring and really nerdy? And it's, like, really not. Like, the guys I used to be on a team with were all, like, bad boys. You know, (laughs) they were always in detention. They'd smoke behind the bike sheds. You know, they were, like, these wild guys. And we'd get into so much trouble just running around causing mischief.
0: I just love it that the bad influences in your life were due to pre-teen chess club like
1: well exactly. this is amazing
0: <laughs> and then yeah that's another thing that I quite enjoyed
1: about the show is that they really dive into the fact that they're a bit messed up like everyone has drinking problems and are yeah. like wild partyers and things like that And I'm like yeah that fits that fits that tracks yeah. you know oh my goodness that hidden um, world
0: of chess I did not know. I know.
1: <laughs> so I really enjoyed that and it made me dig out my old chess notebook that I used to like put my get some of my games in and stuff like that and when I'd learn all the openings and things so that was a nice moment for me (laughs) oh that's awesome I love it um yeah I didn't really have a best meal I don't think what Hmm. did I eat I had like a platter on New Year's Eve for one so I had some brie and some crackers and some dark chocolate and I just had a bottle of bubbles that I've been saving perfect yeah so that was a delightful way just to spend an evening that is
0: very delightful
1: yeah how about your week
0: oh my goodness well uh hmm trying to think my best moment might have been today before I took my children like the first part we went on this beautiful walk my children my husband and I and before we got down to the like wet mossy horrible bit which was beautiful <laughs> also um it was one it was like such a wonderful walk there are these beautiful local camellia gardens and they're built into the hillside so it's just like sandstone and you have to get go through all these switchbacks to get down and then there's like 108 steps from one of the cliffs down to the creek at the bottom so it's really beautiful um except when we got down there And we had our little walk along the creek and turned around. There were leeches all over my son. And that freaked my husband out. And then it freaked my daughter out. So my son was just like, I need Band-Aids. I'm bleeding. And my daughter was like, get off me. My husband was like, we're leaving now. And I was just like, I ruined it. I turned it into a bloodbath. I'm sorry, guys. There are leeches. I don't know why I do this. I forget. I'm in Australia. And something is going to get you, no matter how Mm. benign everything seems. It was a cool rainy summer day and there were leeches like there's always something and I love it here so I'll never leave but I was just like I'm so sorry guys danger everywhere yeah that was my my not so great I mean at least it wasn't a spider or a snake or like I think mosquito bites are worse than leech because even though leeches are bloody mosquitoes itch for longer but Hmm. yeah so my best moment was not the bloodbath but the like hour preceding it when we were walking through these really beautiful gardens together it was just it's been really nice to just kind of hang out with my kids um this you know this week i'm watching avatar that's the media that i've been Uh, focusing on so i'm actually watching it and i'm doing my tapestry while i'm watching it and then my daughter has been coming in and watching it with me she's mad that i'm doing it in order she wants to cherry pick the episodes because she's seen it all i've been focusing on that and i have to say like I missed a lot of the Zuko stuff, but, like, boy, that kid has had a rough time. I know. It's hard, isn't it? Yeah. It's I a just hard life. Can somebody just shake his dad, evil Mark Hamill, and tell him to knock it off?
1: Yeah. It's just, what are you doing? So much bad parenting
0: in these shows. Yes. Yes. We, <laughs> we need to start a bad parenting media podcast. That's our other other side project.
1: Yeah. I'm copywriting this idea. Don't anyone go <laughs> steal it. The
0: bad parenting pod, where we take yeah. apart fictional parents. Um, and as for meals, I don't know if it counts, but I am drinking an amazing cup of eggnog tea that you mm. sent to me, and it's really yummy, so highly mm. recommend. I like that you're,
1: you know, sticking with the festive mm. spirit.
0: I've definitely sort of diverged from the Christmas stuff now that the new year is upon us. Does it taste like eggnog? Look, it's like black tea with a like an aftertaste, maybe, of eggnog. I've never had eggnog. Non-alcoholic eggnog is pretty good. I like it. But it's like one of those very occasional things. Like every couple of years, I'm like, we'll get eggnog. Mm, interesting.
1: Yeah, I've never tried it. I should get on that.
0: <laughs> it's good, but it's also a lot. I also only like it cold.
1: Interesting.
0: Yeah. Um. Should we do the summary of the section? Sure, thing. Well, uh, we read these chapters 59 through 63. <laughs> through the themes of courage and generosity um i guess i'll read for puck if that's okay
1: okay sure go ahead
0: all right chapter 59 and 60 sean holds dove for puck while she goes to get her race colors the race officials won't give her any colors
1: chapter 61 and 62 is a split perspective so the race is about to start and we see that from sean's perspective
0: uh puck gets unexpected help from peg grattan with her race colors and the race begins sean looks for puck Puck is cut and Dove is bitten, but not badly enough to stop them.
1: Sean is relieved when Puck catches up to
0: him. There is a
1: brief reprieve, but soon they are heading into chaos.
0: Puck is attacked by Mutt on Skada. Sean runs interference.
1: Mutt makes hell for Sean.
0: Puck asks Dove for one last burst of speed. Sean struggles for his life and for Kaur's, and it doesn't look good. Chapter 63, Puck wins, but realizes it doesn't matter at all if Sean is dead. He survives, but Kor is badly injured.
1: Yeah, so intense, intense
0: couple of chapters. Not not big, not a big section. No, but it felt like so much.
1: Yeah, it was amazing how, you know, we spend the entire book building up to this race. And then we have these really intense chapters describing it. But it's almost over too soon at the same time. Like, so yeah. much happens, but at the same time, I'm like, this is not
0: enough. I yeah. need more time. The race is 18 furlongs and five minutes. So I actually figured out how long that is that's 3.6 something about 3.6 k's yeah so I went on a 3.6 k walk on New Year's Day because I wanted to know how long it was and it took me 45 minutes to do that walk and that was almost the exact amount of time it took me to listen to the audiobook section
1: Ah.
0: so I was walking this distance and listening to this happen in my headphones and going up and down all of these hills because where I live is very hilly and it was just like so much happens in so short a period of time it was worse to read it than listen to it this time around, I think, mm. because I could take my time with the words and stop and slow down. And they were like, the images were more in my head when I was reading it than when I was just listening to it.
1: I read it through courage and you read it through generosity. Mm. So shall we just dive on in? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Um. So I did a little bit of looking up the meaning of courage. Um. And the definition was, you know, mental or moral strength to venture, persevere, or withstand danger, fear, or difficulty, which I think really sums up everything that mm. happens. But also I found out that the origin is from the Latin core, which means heart. So oh. denoting the heart as the seat of all feelings. So
0: core, cool, Oh right? my goodness. How cool is that? That's amazing.
1: So I love that core, you know, like core is heart and the heart as being the root of all feeling. It just really adds up Mm. because core is the root of Sean's feeling it's what enables him to engage with the world really yeah yeah so I kind of read it into I split courage into three bits so I thought of courage as the ability to do something that frightens you so you know Mm. you display courage when you do something when you're scared it's bravery as well and I think there's so much of that here like Puck she shows bravery even just from the first moment that she sets foot In that race environment, you know, people are literally spitting on her and she is afraid and she's overwhelmed and the reporter is there and everyone's just at her and they won't give her her race colours. But she's just like, she just goes ahead because what else is she going to do? She has to be brave. She has to be brave for Dove and that's what she does. And I think that was just so beautiful. Um, And also Dove you know, is just the the most courage I think that we see comes from Dove.
0: She's the most terrified being on that beach. She is fighting
1: every natural instinct she has, every sense of self-perseverance, because Puck is asking her to, and she's yeah. doing it. And I think that is just, if that's not courage,
0: yeah. then
1: I don't know what is.
0: And there's a lot of love and courage too. The people that you love make you brave.
1: You find courage when other people need you to be brave, right? Or when yeah. other people need you to do something that maybe you don't, you wouldn't do under normal circumstances.
0: Absolutely, yeah.
1: And I think there is also courage in this idea of doing something that frightens you and Sean because even though he says that he's not afraid of the water horses and of all these things, you know, I think there's courage when he holds back during the race to protect Puck. Like he has that moment where he he can see the inside line and he knows mm-hmm. that he would normally take it, but it's courage that holds him back to trust that there'll be a moment later. Mm. And I think there's also courage in him actually allowing himself to want core. You know, there's that moment where he acknowledges yeah. he can see the future if he wins. And also the
0: courage to love Park, right? Oh, yes. So it must be so hard for him to be that vulnerable.
1: No, it's just so, so much going on.
0: Yeah, it's it felt like years, but you're right. There just, it wasn't enough. I wanted more and more and more from that.
1: I think, yeah, that point that you made about Courage being an act of love, it really came through for me in that bit where he's like looking for Puck before the races and he describes Mm -hmm. it as seeing her as she's leaned over Dove's neck, her cheek pressed into Dove's mane. Mm -hmm. I just love that. It's so beautiful.
0: I know. And then she raises her wrist so that she can show him her red ribbon bracelet that he made for her.
1: Also that entire scene where he's finding her and that crowd of people and the way that he shoulders past the reporters Mm. and like physically shields her with his body, shields Mm -hmm. her from everyone else, and then puts this bracelet on her in front of everyone and like kisses the inside of her wrist
0: they're married now right that's what that means yeah. on this like
1: <laughs> i just thought it was actually i don't think short at the, the start of this book would ever have done that that's such a public
0: display and he yeah. doesn't even seem conscious of the fact that it's public he does it with an audience and he does it on purpose with an audience which is what i love yeah mm. he kisses her wrist right in front of everybody that's so intimate that's more intimate than a kiss on the cheek i think Mmm I think so. Speaking about their magic, because how much of this book has been d- in discussion about the veins and the blood and like the wrist is the pulse point that most people go for, right? That is him kissing her life force. Claiming her heart. Oh my goodness. I can't deal
1: with it. It's too good. Yeah, so good. And then later when they're racing on the beach, he's like, there's no one on this beach but us. He's mm-hmm. just so
0: wrapped up in, in puck, really. That's the best part of the race for Sean is when their strides match and they're the only two on the sand. That was quite... um. I love how ambiguously that was written, because if it were just that line taken out of context, it could be a love scene. That's true. That's true. Mm-hmm. And we've said this before
1: about the the moment when they're on call, right? Where it's like,
0: hmm. It's written like a love scene. Yeah. Steamy. <laughs> Very steamy. Yeah. There's so much adrenaline and so much at stake. The other way I was thinking of courage is this idea of courage as strength
1: in the face of pain and grief mm. or grief. So it's like, you know, despite the fact that something hurts or that you know something is going to hurt, you do it anyway. And I think we see that definitely in this yeah. section, you know. I think there's that moment where Puck acknowledges that she needs to win, despite what it means for Sean. Yeah. Like, there's courage and persevering there, I think, despite knowing that it will hurt someone that she cares about. Even though she's hoping for a good outcome, like, oh, maybe mm. we can still buy coal. You know, she's problem solving, but... Yeah. It's a hard thing to acknowledge.
0: Yeah, they both have to win and it's not possible for them both to win. And I think
1: Sean, you know, sticking to the back, despite knowing that it's the absolute worst place to be, Mm -hmm. because he has to wait for Park. And he's like, yep, this is going to be terrible, but this is where I'm at. Is also an act of courage. Um... And I think Park she's just, she's so amazing in this moment, really, she because is. she
0: is continuing the race despite someone stabbing her. Yeah, she's been cut. This is the thing, like, right out of the gate, pretty much, Dove gets bitten and someone slices her.
1: And then she has this moment where she, like, looks to her side and she sees Finney basically being chomped by his horse. Yeah, I thought that description was so amazing. I actually, it's one of my marginalia. She says on page 383, then I'm past them and they're gone. And it's only seething water that sprays a dark pattern on Dove's shoulder. And I'm sick, sick, sick. Mm. So two things there. I thought the I'm sick, sick, sick really called back to Sean's I'm so, so alive. Because it's mm-hmm. the repetition. But also, I only took my second reading through where I really picked up on this. Where it says it's only seething water that sprays a dark pattern on Dove's shoulder. Which implies that right before this, it was something else spraying a dark pattern on Dove's shoulder. And I'm like, yeah. oh, that's traumatic.
0: Yeah, they're going to have nightmares about this race for a long time. So terrible. It is terrible. And the stakes are so high, she has to put herself through it. But then she shows these amazing
1: instincts. And I think this is another act of courage where she twists that piebald's ear to get it off Dove. And I just think that was just her instincts as like a horsewoman, right? She was Mm. like, this is what you do in this situation. And there was like, she didn't even care that it was really a water horse at that moment. She was just like, get off Dove basically and i thought yeah it's just kind of that courage under fire moment where you are capable of amazing things despite terror good in
0: crisis management Mm.
1: i didn't really know how to express this there was just that image of puck going back you know she's won the race now she's worried about sean and she immediately turns and goes back the way she came and i just think that in itself is a courageous act she could have left that for someone else but she yeah she couldn't really because she wouldn't allow herself that.
0: She had to see, though,
1: and it might have been awful. But then she just, dis- you know, there's this description of Sean staring and she thinks it's Kaur's reflection in the water, but it's not. It's the blood that's washing away and Sean's staring and he pulls himself up by the stirrup of mm. the saddle that's been gone. And I think, you know, there's courage in Sean just getting up in that moment, I think. Like yeah. him pulling himself up, getting up at the sand and like acknowledging what's happened to Cor.
0: It's just devastating. Yeah. I think everybody had to be extremely brave. And those who weren't terrified were fools not to be terrified. It is a terrifying ordeal. I mean even
1: as a reader, you know, we don't know when you read this book, you don't know what the races are going to be like. and You, you hear about it, this terrible and people die and blah, blah, blah. But until this moment, when you're actually on the beach, do you realize, oh, this is carnage is what it is mm. and even Sean said you know I never realized how many people were on this
0: beach until Puck like yeah. they all jammed in there because he's always been just about himself and actually mm. so is Puck I mean she says it at one point you know that it bothers her to have to admit that someone else is as fascinating as she is yeah when she's talking about Sean so they're really they've really started to look for each other they're no longer bubbles they're now a Venn diagram
1: oh I love that Um, the other courage that I think there is here is the courage of conviction. You know, the act of acting on your beliefs despite danger or disapproval, right? And I saw this in a couple of ways. I think Gabe turning up and being so indignant about them not wanting to give Puck her colors Mm. is actually courage of conviction as well for him
0: finally to be like, no, I'm here, I'm present, and I'm going to fight for my sister. Gabe seriously gets... He almost got the MVP for me this week because he was just yeah. way to brother up. I love it.
1: But I also love that Puck's like, I call them a bunch of bastards because I know they won't say anything back. Mm. And then Gabe comes back and he's like, a bunch of old thisby Biddies. I don't
0: know <laughs> why that brought me such
1: joy. but It's
0: like he was watching his language for his little sister and she'd already said a much worse thing. Yeah,
1: <laughs> so cute. Peg Grattan, I think, also stepped up in this moment. Like, she defies convention so wholly here. She comes down onto the beach where she shouldn't be because she's not racing. And she brings
0: with her a sacred object. Like, this is part of the ritual of the Scorpio races. And she's like, well, this is what we're doing. Yeah, and she does it in such a way that no one can contest it or argue it. Because it's not between her and the race officials. It's between her and Puck. And she's already doing it. So... Easier to ask forgiveness than permission just loved when she was like and now you will race wearing thisbe's colors i'm like of course because
1: she is thisbe you know yeah.
0: i started crying about that point and just didn't stop <laughs>
1: just, i think puck and sean also show amazing courage of conviction here like they have decided that they have a plan and that their plan is a good plan and they're both in with a shot and they're just gonna stick with it regardless of what is going on you know they stick with that plan and they trust each other to stick to the plan like yeah you know sean waits for puck to make the her first move and then they'll just race it out and then of course mutt happens mutt
0: yeah now do you think it took courage for mutt to do that i'm wondering
1: i think mutt is so far beyond the point of reason he's just completely lost the plot by this point hasn't he I don't know if there's courage in that. I think it's just mania.
0: Yeah, he's so desperate to, to injure Sean that there's no cost too great for him. But it yeah. costs him his life. He doesn't survive this. I wonder if he th- that was part of the plan.
1: Like, yeah. was,
0: was it a suicidal act?
1: Because what did he think was going to happen when he takes that horse and then cuts its throat? in the middle of this race where people die all the time.
0: Yeah, I I wonder if the confrontation in the stalls after he's maimed Adana, I wonder if he really realized that like there's no going back and he's already crossed a line.
1: Because mm. he's, you know, there's that description where he lets go of the, like it says, let's go of the reins and he says, handle this, Kendrick. Mm. And I'm like, that was the moment where I was like, he's just completely off the rules. Yeah. Like he, there is just no reason going on here. He's just actually... Completely lost it. And then, you know, it's Scarter's knee that hits Sean in the head as he falls that makes him unconscious. I'm Mm. like, this horse is just nothing but trouble. Even at the end, he's still causing mayhem. She. I think it's a she.
0: Yeah. Oh. I hate it. I hate that the piebald attacked Dove. That feels so unfair. No. Leave Dove alone. I did love that line. Where?
1: Where is it? It's described as Core blocks them, a trembling wall between them and Dove, who is a wall between him and the sea. Mm. I loved how they were saving each other. You know, yeah. she's protecting Core from the sea, and Core's protecting her from the other water horses. And it's just so lovely this idea that together they're just protecting each
0: other. That's marriage. Like that is, it's like literally in the definition of being in a partnership with someone and playing to each other's strengths and protecting where you can and yeah it's that it's that equal balance that they have they each Mm -hmm. have different strengths and one might be perceived as stronger in some ways but
1: yeah it's just so beautiful really is yeah Dove is just so amazing and so many times Puck describes her as being like you know Puck is trembling and you know someone touches her shoulder and it's too loud and too much noise for Mm -hmm. her and she's like you know there's that line Dove is already frightened to breaking point But Dove doesn't run away, does she? She's Mm -mm. still there. She's still listening to Puck. She's still doing what's being asked of her, even despite the fact that she is absolutely
0: terrified. I think it must be better when she's on the beach. I did run for a while, and you get into this rhythm. It automatically takes over. I think that the training, the way that that functioned for Dove was that it gave her that assurance of, I can just put this into motion and then go. Mm. And because you're engaged in that, you can't really focus on any of the other scared, spiraling things. And I think there's also trust in Puck, right? Puck's her best friend and she
1: knows that Puck yeah. won't let anything happen to her. So even though she's terrified, I guess it's like how kids trust their parents, right? They just yeah. trust you to keep them safe. So they might be scared, but...
0: Even if they do take them into leech-infested forests. <laughs> but you save the
1: day, it's fine. Um, Oh yeah, Puck has that line where she says, I know that it's not about Dove being brave in the end, it's about me being brave for, for her. her. And I was just like that's it, isn't it? That's just the relationship they have.
0: Yeah. And I love that she digs deep into that and finds it. Mm. Like, I can't afford to be scared and go off because Dove needs me. Sean said the same thing about Core. He can't, he notes that Puck was cut and he says, I can't lose focus. I want to be furious about it, but I can't. Yeah. And he said that
1: in the previous section as well, where he's like, well, I can't go into Core's store when I'm this You know, in so much turmoil because Cor will will feel it on me. So Mm. it's this idea of you have to be calm and centered to keep them calm and centered. And then you keep each other calm and centered through that kind of behavior, right? So I guess that's courage. Puck has courage and therefore Dove has courage. But it's because Dove has courage that Puck has courage. So it's just like this nice little infinity loop.
0: They show up for each other and that's what makes it work. Okay,
1: let's talk about generosity.
0: Okay, I had a lot of thoughts about this. So look, I kept thinking about what generosity is, and it's like the giving of. And the definition is that you give more than is expected, or you give more than you can sometimes. But um, I wanted to specifically note that sometimes you don't see generosity in actions, but you see the result of it. There is inherent generosity in the relationships between Sean and Core, and between Mm -hmm. Puck and Dove, because Sean has invested so much time in Core and has spent that time training, learning, just devoting his life really to this horse. And Puck has done the same with Dove, right? So you have these two people who've basically sacrificed a lot of time. Well, not even sacrificed, but just volunteered a lot of time to learn these specific horses and love them and care for them. And that generosity really builds trust. And that trust Mm. is what then enables them to go and do these races. So we might not see the generosity as much, but like, when you Mm. give of yourself you make yourself vulnerable and that Mm. means that you are then creating a relationship and the horses can then give themselves as much back you know like there's that reciprocity of generosity there
1: yeah it's the foundation right like if sean hadn't done that would core have stood over Mm. him and protected him no you know if he had treated him how much treats scarter yeah yeah what happened
0: well that's that's a huge part of it right sean is really only generous with horses when we meet him like Mm. he doesn't have time for people he doesn't spend that time you know with people in the same way that he does the water horses it's only when he meets puck that he starts to realize that there's some value in that because it's almost like he doesn't see the value of people like he sees the value Mm. with the horses but with people he's like "Mm." (laughs) yeah exactly whatever he's getting back from people isn't enough for him to be generous with them and like that's okay like i don't think he owes anyone anything Mm. um But the other thing I really noted was that Sean doesn't like releasing a water horse that he spent time with. And I feel like that's a bit of a callback to that. When you are vulnerable with someone, if they then go off and do something else, you're like, oh, well, was that for nothing? Mm -hmm. He wants to know his efforts. Are being rewarded so maybe that's not generosity as much as it is like actually wanting that relationship but whenever you give of yourself you're giving of yourself right so that relationship between the horses and their riders that's really key during the race for survival like you can have the fastest horse but if you don't have that trust relationship if you haven't spent the time and given the time and given the effort you're not going to get anywhere mm. which is why Finney doesn't make it and why ian and penda nearly do Mm -hmm. because Ian does take that time with his horse. He does love his horse and look after it. So despite the fact that we see these long-term generosities, I guess, as like the result of them during the race, there are a few examples of immediate generosity that I just couldn't pass up talking about. (laughs) Um, When Puck can't get her colors, Gabe gets so mad on her behalf. He gets really indignant and he's like, well, I'm going to go deal with it. And he goes down there and he tries to reason with the race officials and it like it doesn't work she doesn't get her colors and he doesn't try and comfort her which we already know she doesn't like but he mm-hmm. still goes and does the like big brother thing of like we'll all go and talk to them like yeah i just love it that's such a it's such a good bro thing to do yeah and she does
1: that classic thing where she's like it doesn't matter even though it does matter it super <laughs> you know?
0: matters yeah she she keeps saying things like i don't have to look like i belong but she wants to be treated like she does hmm uh, and when Puck is hemmed on on all sides by reporters, Sean gives her the help she needs to get to the beach. He chases yeah. them away because he can. He has that inner power. And Puck is okay with asking for it, which I love. Like, that is a huge growth on her part that she's able to be like, can you do this thing that you are so good at?
1: I loved how he was so so grumpy about that. It's so like, if you guys want a race, then you'll give this horse some room. Mm-hmm. And he's like, now! And he just clears the circle around Dub like really wields that power of his, you know, it's a social capital, whatever. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I, I think once, early in the pod, you said he spends some of that power, and I think he's spending it right there, but it's yeah. a good investment, isn't it?
1: I-, I wonder if he's always known that he has this power, or if it's only really just occurred to him that he can make these things happen.
0: Yeah, or maybe he doesn't realise that he can do it for others.
1: Yeah, I think that's probably what we're saying, right? Because he's yeah. always used it for himself. Unless other people have asked him to run into the rescue, I guess. Hmm.
0: Hmm. Well, they just expect him to turn up because... He's got nothing else to do. (laughs) He's Sean Kendrick. This is his job. He's the priest of Thisbe, basically. Another, and you already mentioned this, but another really good example of generosity, I thought, was when Peg found the colours for Puck because she got the puffin costume. Hmm. And Dove is a bird with feathers. And I loved it. And, like, I kept calling it the mantle of Thisbe because it really is all the colors because it's this wild multi-colored, featherful cloak and it must be so amazing and you can really imagine this horse on a beach with all of these fluttering feathers looking unlike anything else small and mighty peg going down there was a huge thing for her to do i don't know if that was peg doing that for puck because she loves puck or if she does it because she had that conversation with gabe and gabe was so upset that she was like i can solve this for you
1: Yeah, interesting that Gabe immediately runs to Pig with his problems, though, isn't it?
0: Yeah, there's (laughs) definitely something going on there.
1: Yeah, I just kept thinking of the the cloak as like a sacred object, because it's been Mm. used in this ritual. It's been used in this ritual multiple times. So the way that the water horses are draped, and their bells, and their ribbons, and their magic, this cloak is Dove's magic,
0: you know? This is Thisbe. She's a Thisbe pony yeah she is an island pony and they say that over and over again Hmm. and that's why I didn't agree last section when Norman Falk was saying oh if it's not about the Kapalishka, then it's not about anything and it's all for nothing I thought well that's not true because it's not like Dove is just a horse from anywhere
1: yeah she hasn't been she's not a thoroughbred that's been imported from you know yeah George Holly's beautiful Californian ranch
0: yeah she is a Thisby pony she's an island pony she belongs on that beach too even if it's terrifying for her um I think it also goes to show that sometimes what you give people doesn't have to be tangible. Like everything that Puck gets is either handmade or handed down. Mm -hmm. So Sean makes a red ribbon bracelet for her, which is red ribbons for protection against the water horses. Red and the fact that it's ribbon, I think, are two factors. And I kept thinking of it as a braid, which is three, one, two, and three, which is another number that he uses a lot. I wonder if it's not a little bit of Sean as well. Like, the salt or sweat of him is imbued in it somehow. I mean, it's kind of weird to think about bodily effluvia being, you know, a part of a gift for someone. But I often joke when I make quilts that every single quilt I make has blood, sweat, and tears on it. Because I've definitely ripped enough seams to be crying about it. And I've probably (laughs) stabbed myself with a needle at least once. And it's not always easy wrangling a big quilt through a little sewing machine. So I definitely get a bit sweaty. Like, I'm in them, Mm -hmm. whether I intend to be or not. So... I did think about that when Sean was giving this little bracelet to to Puck, that it was more than just a token, but also like a representation of the time he spent making this thing for her mm-hmm. to protect yeah. her. And also to just say, like, here's a gift for you. Um, the cloak, which we've spoken about, the mantle of Thisbe, the sacred object, that's handed down and it's ritual. So it's huge that she gets to wear it. Mm-hmm. But it's very Thisbe, isn't it? You don't get new fancy, shiny things here.
1: No, it's not really how it's done. I don't even know how I just imagine it like you know there's maybe a ship from the mainland every three months that brings mm. supplies to Fisbee or something you know?
0: Yeah exactly. Um, Finally it's generous words of others that Puck remembers which is what enables her to ask for more. So because people have been so generous with Puck she's able to ask Dove for that last burst of speed. And even before because Sean was so generous training with her and gave of himself she was able to ask him for that little bit of help clearing the room basically and it's just when you when you give you're able to ask and when you ask you're able to get and so that I don't know there's just something about generosity that sort of builds community in a way
1: yeah you can extrapolate that backwards as well you know Puck has given so much to her family and to Finn, mm. and therefore she's able to ask Finn to sell the car so she can buy a bit of feed for Dove, and then yeah. that enables Dove to become faster and leaner and all these things. Yeah.
0: I, I want to talk about Core's generosity in staying with Sean, because mm. that one got me. It's a big thing. Big thing. Um, we-, we hear all the time about how much the sea has a hold on these-, these water horses, and when Sean sees someone going under, and he talks about how the horse is already, like its neck is already elongating... And it's already Mm -hmm. more a creature of the sea. So when they're that close to the sea, when they're in the water, it's perilous. They're turning back into monsters. They're not horses anymore. But Kor stood there and protected Sean from the other horses, which is completely different than what happened when Sean's father was killed. Mm -hmm. Kor just slipped right back into the sea. Yeah. But he stood there and he protected him. And I think like he was injured doing that. He must have
1: been hit as they were running down the beach
0: or something, right? Yeah, that's what I think. But he stayed with Sean, and that's hugely generous because he's going against his nature to do that.
1: Yeah, it's the same as Dove, right? Fighting against every natural instinct to just do this thing. Absolutely. For the person they love.
0: Yeah. Um, And I kind of want to point out that Puck doesn't get her moment where she's like, suck it, all of you haters. She should have had that moment. But she Mm. immediately gives it up She doesn't even think about it She's like, don't need it, I'm going to find Sean Because she wants to see him and make sure he's okay Instead of getting to bask in what she really, really deserved to bask in She immediately just gives it up. It's not even worth it for her.
1: Yeah, it's interesting how sometimes you think all you want to do is do a thing and then gloat about it and be like, yeah, Mm -hmm. I did it. But then, you know, it's that old adage, the best revenge is living well. Like, when you get it, it's actually, oh, it doesn't matter if other people see it or not. You know, that's not what matters to me anymore. But you know what really struck me was when she crosses the finish line and she's like, I can see in Ian's eyes that he doesn't believe it. Yeah. And I was just like... You know, they were also against her being on this beach and racing. They never once for a moment thought she could win. It was never that she was a threat or that, yeah, she was making a mockery of the races. I don't... they never once believed it.
0: And I think maybe
1: if they did believe that she could win, they wouldn't have objected so hard to her
0: taking part. In their minds, it was meant to be a sad footnote. This girl who got herself tangled up in something she couldn't handle and was killed. Mm -hmm. This is what was meant to happen in their minds. I did think that the inverse of generosity when, for example, the race official wouldn't give her her colours. like yeah. They have got to be feeling really stupid right now.
1: And then at the end there's an official coming up saying congratulations and trying to take Dove's reins. I'm and like, she's no! Just like, what? Yeah. Get in the
0: sea! Yeah. <laughs> well, she does hand Dove off so she can go check on Sean, so I, I mm. guess I'm glad that they follow her around there. But, yeah. I think there was... I, I know we talked about whether or not Mutt had courage to do what he did, but I also wonder if it can be considered generosity because he gave way more of himself than was expected just to injure Sean. Like, that's not great, but is is mm. it generosity that he was willing to go to such lengths?
1: It's interesting that he was at the front of the race all along. You know, he was in the top three mm. and he was like really pushing it. So I don't know if he was he up there waiting for Sean to come past and then he would make his move and then he realized, oh, it's not happening, so I'll fall back. I think so. I mean... From an evil point of view, it's probably quite generous, isn't it? It's kind of like when they give a big spiel before they uh, attack the euro. Monologuing. Yeah, that's that's (laughs) generosity on the villain's part,
0: isn't it? Here are all your plot threads. We will tie them up. (laughs) Yeah. Whereas I don't think we actually get any good answers for why Mutt does it. We'll never have a really good understanding of why Mutt is just the absolute dropkick that he is. We can speculate, but it's not textual. We're just going to have to decide based on our own... Opinions and experiences.
1: I just honestly, I just got the thread that he just had lost all sense of reason and ability to be, to think. Even he was just so bent on revenge, just kind of like the Count of Monte Cristo.
0: Yeah, yeah. Just as a quick aside, I super love the movie. I read the book afterward, and I was like, oh, this guy talks too much. But the, the movie... book is so
1: long. <laughs> the so book is long. so
0: long, but the movie makes me happy.
1: I like the movie too.
0: It's just. It's really super cheesy, but it hits every plot point perfectly.
1: It's also kind of like reminding me of um, Les Mis. You know how you've got Javert pursuing him across time and space, basically, trying to lock him up. It's like, just chill out, man. Yeah, Yeah. just let him go. He's like, redeemed himself. But no, Javert Javert will not let him chill. And then at the end, he throws himself off a dam rather than (laughs) deal with the fact that he let this guy go. I'm like, mate. Oh my gosh. That's where... Mutt is at the moment. He is yeah. at Javert levels of, I'm just going to end it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think maybe Mutt is too narcissistic to think that. I honestly, I don't think he thought he'd die.
0: That's my feeling too. I feel like he assumed he would just walk away from that confrontation.
1: Yeah, because he,
0: he's Mutt. <laughs> yeah, and he's untouched by consequences. Um, Now, this isn't really about generosity or courage, but we had talked about, like, do Kapilishka have babies? What if they're the men that are dragged into the sea?
1: Oh, and they get turned into horses. Yeah,
0: what if it's like a werewolf situation? Only not. Like, I wonder if the piebald is just Mutt's predecessor. Do you know mm. what I mean? Because I kept thinking that the sea took him and, and the piebald took him. But, like, why? And maybe... maybe because they, they lose bodies right like they don't always come back and like mm-hmm. saint Columbo, when he did wash up was uninjured and was still not gross after however many months of being at sea and that's why he was a saint and that's why he was a miracle like if you're too good or too holy to become a kavalishka but you're in that stasis maybe that's one way to indicate the magic working i don't know
1: or it could be like ghosts you know you become a ghost when you're not ready to move on or you've done something terrible or mm. you've got unfinished business so maybe when the sea decides that you need to be punished you get because the sea decides right like the sea decides.
0: Ooh, i like it purgatory
1: yeah and the sea's like no you shall atone for your sins and be this weird horse monster
0: hmm. i just kept thinking that mutt was going to be a capital like that was i just thought he had to be turned into a monster he was turning himself into a monster he was stripping himself of humanity And we don't have motives for it. It just was what was happening. But yeah, that's my theory. That's my little... It's interesting. I like that. Because I do... Like, I, I really love transformation stories, right? And most of the, like, water horse or selkies or kelpies, they're a person too. Like, they take off... They come out of the water and they become a person.
1: Yeah, of course. Yeah, interesting.
0: Yeah, so it just made me think about it a little bit and...
1: Yeah, I just... Mutt is just
0: disappointing. Because he could
1: probably even have won this, maybe, potentially. Yeah, that's what I thought,
0: too. He gave up his victory, though. Like, is that generosity that he gave up his victory in order to hurt Sean? Did it end up being generous to Puck?
1: Oh, yeah, because he inadvertently being generous.
0: If he had just ridden Skata to the finish line, he probably would have won. Because Sean was waiting for Dove to make her move. And we know that Skata is very fast,
1: probably faster than Core. Yeah. I, but see, the thing that has me questioning this now was like, I don't know. I don't think Matt is smart enough for this, but I'm like, has this been his plan all along? Like, has he always intended to take Sean out? Is that why he got on this horse? But I don't think so. I think he, he, originally he was going to win and then he decided to just go completely.
0: Yeah. Cry, cry. Well, he saw Sean and Puck and that gave him that like urge to hurt them, I think. mm. I don't know so generosity is so tricky because this is this is the culmination of everyone's generosity with each other and also the definite lack of generosity but there's so much courage like to give of yourself means that you have to be brave because I guess you could say that if if Sean
1: treated Mutt differently would this have come to a head right but I don't see how Sean could have treated Mutt Differently because there was no, Mutt gave no space for any re- reconciliation or for any like meeting him halfway or anything like that. There was just no room.
0: Yeah, well, Sean doesn't respect him.
1: And it wasn't really Mutt that didn't relieve room for that. It's actually Malvern who set all this. So it's Malvern's lack of generosity towards Mutt and Sean that really sets this into motion. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. And he even says at the beginning, when he's in Puck's house, I am not a generous person.
1: No. Well, yeah. we know that. Otherwise, he could just let some orphans
0: live in a house he doesn't even need or care about. Why not just charge them rent? Come on, man. It really is that he has this idea of how people should be around him and behave around him. And he plays that island like it's a chess game, which you would know more than me. I don't know anything <laughs> about chess. But I think that Sean not being fond of games and Sean wanting everything to be straightforward and not being able to benefit from his father's canniness because Mm. he's not what his father wanted like that is all very damaging so you're absolutely right that lack of generosity that benjamin malvern has for whatever reason has ruined mutt and ruined his relationship with sean
1: Mm -hmm. he's
0: not got an heir one was carried into the sea and the other one wants nothing to do with him
1: Mm.
0: i guess the lesson is like be a human being and not an actual villain
1: yeah just be kind be kind treat people with kindness
0: Be a little vulnerable and let people in. And, you know, it sucks. It's the worst. Literally, it is the worst thing ever. I hate being vulnerable. But, like, when you are, usually it's not the worst thing.
1: Yeah. And I think there's also that moment where you actually just need to let people be and do things that they want to do without feeling the need to put your opinion on it. I think that's the moment Mm. I personally struggle with generosity the most. You know, when a friend is going on about something, I just want to be like, that is not what is happening here. (laughs) Like, can we just... Can you just stop? And I'm like, no, that's not what they need right now. And that, that I think that's generous too. Yeah,
0: yeah. I, my problem is trying to solve everyone's issues. So if someone mm. comes to me with a problem, I have to remind myself, do you need to ask, do you want to complain or do you want me to help you fix it? Because I automatically go to fix it and that makes people feel like they're not heard.
1: Yeah, some people get very annoyed when you try to fix their problems.
0: Whereas I am like galaxy brained because I have ADHD. So I'm already five steps ahead fixing the problem in my mind. And I want to tell them about it because I'm excited because they've given me this new thing to fixate on. (laughs) Sorry, everyone. Thanks for loving me anyway.
1: Oh, so much. I like that about you. That's why I come to you with my problems.
0: I'm like, Jen, (laughs) fix. I'm like, oh, good. This is what I can do. (laughs) I like this part. Let me organize everything. Hmm. So we had a very limited cast of characters this week. Is there anyone you wanted to spotlight? So I was tossing up between two.
1: I wanted to spotlight Pig, even though she's in it for mere milliseconds. She's but a fleeting moment. But I just thought what she did was so incredibly generous and and actually really courageous as well for her to go, no, I'm going to do what's right here. I'm going to do this with this incredibly powerful object that has real sway and meaning. Because I think when other people see that, they're like, oh, okay, she's, like, legit, legit. Yeah. I thought that was just amazing. And I think for people who step up when they see injustice happening, you know, they deserve to be recognised. But then I also really wanted to spotlight Dove, because I think Dove is just such a hero Mm -hmm. to do what she does, to, like race because she loves Puck and because she's a horse, I guess. But, you know, I've I've ridden some horses who are afraid of their own shadows and would basically jump if they caught it from the wrong perspective. And I went to a riding school and the woman's like, now don't go into that corner because there's a magpie down there and the horse doesn't like the magpie. Oh, she gets please. very
0: scared. Oh, no. And so horses are quite timid. To be fair, Australian magpies <laughs> are... Horrifying animals Yeah,
1: no, that is very true I, mean, I also <laughs>
0: don't like magpies They're literal murder birds
1: <laughs> So just knowing that ex- Having that experience with horses Who I think are incredibly timid mm-hmm. And just skittish And for Dove to just be like A stalwart here And just get through it So brave That's okay, just we're getting things- near the
0: end You can have two
1: Yeah, we're just doing things Because you know people are relying on you I think deserves yeah. to be
0: spotlit how about you oh for me this week it's sean he gives up his chance of victory like three different times Mm. he stays back for puck he keeps pace with puck and then he makes it possible for her to escape and he loses everything but he's keeping her safe and like i just can't get past it such an incredible sacrifice it is a huge sacrifice and it's the peak of both courage and generosity absolutely because to him the only thing that has made his life worth living for this amount of time is core and for him to say i am gonna wait until dove makes her move is a huge huge mark of the trust that he has in their plan and the relationship that they've built Like, I know I was joking about them basically being married by having a public declaration, but that was, like, 100% the wedding vow. Like, I will wait until you make your move. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like, coming from Sean, who uses one word when everyone else uses 10, for him to say something and then to follow it through. Like, he doesn't doesn't give up on promises. He keeps them. And I love him for that. And I am so glad he didn't die. And I am so (laughs) proud of Cor for staying with him. But I would have stayed too.
1: Yeah, and I love that line. Where it's like the fact of cause loyalty is a bigger thing than the ownership of him. Mm. It was like such a nice consolation prize for Sean is this idea that cause stayed for you. Yeah. And we'll see that in the next section again, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely. There's, um, there's one bit of marginalia that I just have to bring up because it really made me feel... It kind of put everything into perspective for Sean. Like, there's the moment where a pup kisses him and she says i take his chin and kiss his lips hard i'm reminded all of a sudden of that first day on the beach when i pulled his head from the water mm. and i just think that's that's the moment for sean he's coming up for air after a lifetime of being in the water mm. he's now on the that's
1: land so true. And in that same section, like the next couple of lines down, okay, Sean says, as if we've just made a deal and it's all right to him. It is
0: a real covenant, right? Yeah. Yes. Yes. That like, like the wedding. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I know it's silly to view it like that, but 100% that feels like them publicly declaring their feelings in a place like this, where that's just not done. Amazing. I'm here for it.
1: Yeah, and I love that there was a lot of symmetry between them as well. Like, I marked it down um, where Sean describes being s- their sand kicked in his face. And he says, mm. my eyes sting, but I can't spare a hand to swipe at them. And then literally the next section, Puck says, sand stings my cheeks, but I can't spare a hand to swipe at my skin. And I was mm. just like, they are the same person.
0: <laughs> yeah, they're experiencing it the same way. <sighs> which means, you know, they're compatible. So even though it sucks and the stakes were really high, and only half of what was supposed to happen happened. The race is over, and Puck has won. Puck has won. Yeah. I'm so proud of her. I'm so proud of her.
1: I'm so proud of her, too, despite all her fear and all the obstacles. And and she's grown so much, and I actually really loved, even though it's horribly tragic, mm-hmm. you know, when she sees Sean lying on the, on the beach, and she says, I think of Gabe when he said, I can't bear it. And she was like, well, that's silly. You can be anything if you try. And then in that moment, she finally understands. You know, she's like, oh, I get it now. And I think her growth has really given her some more perspective on Gabe, even though we all agree that Gabe handled it terribly. Yeah. I think it's really healed their relationship, which they needed before he left.
0: Oh, absolutely. They definitely needed to have that resolution. Well, we're on the home stretch. We only have one section left
1: yep and we're reading it through the themes of heritage and sacrifice
0: it's gonna be so good and i am i am gonna be so sad to i'm gonna be so sad to say goodbye to this book
1: Mm, me too but i do like that our last themes dovetail so nicely with our first theme
0: which was magic and legacy next week heritage sacrifice and we're finishing up the book should we Mm. maybe talk about what we're going to be doing for season two yeah, let's
1: go for it.
0: Right. Uh, So you chose the book this time. I
1: did, and I chose one of my favorite books, which is Neverwhere by Neil Gaiman.
0: Yay! I haven't read this in about a decade, so I'm really excited to read it again. It's going to be new for me.
1: I think it'll be great because it's got all those things that you really enjoy, like where magic is thin between worlds, you know, and mm. when the ordinary isn't really ordinary, so...
0: And also, it's pretty contemporary, yeah. if I remember, right? Like, yeah, there's that in yeah. a modern-ish world.
1: Yeah, it's set in a modern London, basically, and it's yeah. kind of like the London above and the London below. So mm. it's sort of this shadow world situation, which I really enjoy because I like when I then go to places, real-life places, I can be like, oh, this is where this happened in the book, and I just really enjoy that kind of nonsense. <laughs>
0: i'm really looking forward to reading neverwhere with you and especially because we're going to be taking it a little slower so only two chapters um a a week uh we haven't really worked out the finer details of how we're gonna approach themes but we're getting there
1: yeah some fine tuning going on but i'm excited
0: i'm excited too and still 10 weeks which is pretty good i think that that's a good amount of time to sink into a a season Mm, agreed agreed all right the gens have consensus Nice synergy there. Good job. Yeah. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for potting with me. This was the hardest section to read, and I'm so glad I could go through it with you. Yeah, same. The moral support was appreciated. (laughs) Anytime. (laughs) I love having a good howl over a book or a movie, but this one was a bit harder than usual, so. Yeah, I think because we're spending so
1: much time with the characters and
0: really, like, connecting
1: with them and their motivations, it just... It's harder. It's gonna it. be
0: so hard to leave them behind, isn't it? Mm. But they'll always be in our hearts. Exactly. Well, thank you. I love our well, chats.
1: Always. Um,
0: and I'll catch you next week. All right. See you soon. Bye. Bye.
1: Thanks for joining us today marginalia pod is written edited and produced by us gen d and gen v with additional editing and production support by simon b if you enjoyed it we'd love if you'd subscribe rate and review it on itunes your support means the world to us we'd also love to hear from you you can email us at hello at marginaliapod.com our music is by scott buckley many of the things we've mentioned are in the show notes or you can find out more about us and the podcast at marginaliapod.com